RT8K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. The headlines. Struggling mainland mothers protest at Immigration Tower. A man is sentenced to eight years for killing his neighbour with a fruit knife. And in business, Heineken strikes up a multi-billion dollar partnership with China's largest brewer. Around 40 people have protested at Immigration Tower. They want help for mainland mothers with Hong Kong-born children who cannot get a one-way permit that allows you to settle and work here. Mothers who are either divorced from their Hong Kong husband or the husband has died do not automatically qualify. They have to keep returning to the mainland to renew their two-way permits, which do not allow the holder to work. Sei Lai Shan is the community organiser of the Society for Community Organisation. Actually, for this family, um, they um, separate. Um, they need to, for, for example, the mother cannot work, they have no income, they have financial problems, they cannot pay for the children to go to study, to have more resources to develop themselves, and they need to go to uh, issue the visa, their, their children need to uh, apply leave from school, go back to mainland with them. So, and psychologically and mentally, they are, it's very painful. So some of them actually, many of them have depression or even some of them, they need to see the uh, mental health uh, doctor. A man has been jailed for eight years after killing his neighbour with a fruit knife after being repeatedly provoked by the victim. Here's Jimmy Choi. In sentencing 55-year-old Wang Yue-ming, the court held that he stabbed the victim under verbal provocation, but there are no sentencing guidelines for such an offence. The court said cases of a similar nature receive prison terms of between 6 and 10 years, so 8 years' imprisonment could reflect the culpability of his offence. A jury earlier decided Mr Wang wasn't guilty of murder, but of the lesser offence of manslaughter for killing his 49-year-old neighbour in Montaisin Lower Estate after arguing in a lift in December 2016. The defendant had been subject to repeated verbal provocation by the deceased around 12 times over the past few months. The building's department has come under fire for having a lax licensing system for people who repair windows. It comes after the Ombudsman yesterday launched an investigation into how the department runs its mandatory window inspection scheme for private buildings that are over 10 years old. In one case, when a window fell out even after being inspected, Johnny Chan from the Aluminium Windows and Doors Association says the government has made it too easy for people to get qualifications for such minor works. This uh, qualification is easy to get it, and in the regulation, you just need to go to study six hours for the mine worker. But in mine worker, the course didn't mention how to inspection the aluminum window so clearly. That's why even you can get it. I think they need to change the licensing system, and they should get more training. Should have a some examination or some test to let us do it. Officials say the subsidence problem at Taiwan Station has worsened in just a few weeks. As Alex Price reports, it's another piece of unwanted news for the MTR Corporation, which is battling to deal with a barrage of construction and transparency problems. On July the 13th, the Buildings Department said the end of the southbound platform and an overhead line mast at the Taiwan Station had both sunk 20 millimetres. However, yesterday it said they had sunk an extra 2 and 3 millimetres respectively. A nearby development was halted when the subsidence was first discovered. Despite the latest figures, engineers say the station is structurally safe. However, the MTR says the developer has been asked for proposals to rectify the situation. It added that works will not be allowed to resume until the situation has been remedied. 
The MTR has been hit by a series of problems recently. The platform of a light rail station in Tin Shui Wai has continued sinking, despite nearby construction work being halted in June. And reinforcement works are being carried out on two pillars supporting a viaduct near Yunlong Station, which sank by about two centimetres in 2013. All this comes on top of multiple allegations of substandard construction work on the MTR's new central to Sha Tin link. A judge-led inquiry will look into one of the main problems, the cutting short of steel bars in a platform at the Hong Hom Station, as well as associated safety concerns. And the Democratic Party has held a small protest outside MTR headquarters to demand full disclosure of rail station subsidence. Lawmaker Andrew Guan says rectification works don't seem to have stopped the problem. He says the government and the rail company need to provide information about the 64 points that are being monitored. If not, he says, the party would have little choice but to refer the matter to LegCo. It seems that they are trying to hide something. If there is nothing uh, special or no conspiracy, why don't they just uh, expose all the information about 64 sites related to the land sinking? I think if the uh, MTR and the government cannot uh, provide any satisfactory information to the public, it is unavoidable to use the PMP to investigate in the Legislative Council. Civic Party lawmaker Kwok Kaki and his party members have protested at ICC, ICAC headquarters. They want the anti-graft body to explain the progress of its investigation into former chief executive C.Y. Leung. In 2012, Mr. Leung received 50 million Hong Kong dollars from Australian firm UGL. He denies any wrongdoing. Mr. Kwok said he will consider meeting the commissioner of the ICAC to follow up. This particular case is of utmost importance to Hong Kong, whether we can upkeep our reputation. If ICC is going to put you know, anybody, including CY Leung, at a lenient position, not to prosecute, that is an attack or actually an insult to the people of Hong Kong of whether we are able to upkeep our reputation of anti-corruption. Confederation of Trade Unions says the public annuity scheme is meaningless for low-income workers. The government announced a scheme last year to help with the SAR's ageing population. It offers those aged over 65 a return of 4% by investing at least $50,000. The Confederation polled more than 100 grassroots workers recently, and 80% of respondents say they won't take part. The workers say they don't want their savings locked up by the scheme, or they think other investment tools yield better returns. Patrick Ung is an organising secretary for the Confederation. Every dollar to this worker uh, is very important. They want to keep their money, their savings inside their pockets so that they can control it, rather than giving it to the government so that when they have some incidents, such as uh, they need to have medical consultation, um, they don't have enough money or enough saving to solve this problem. Therefore, this scheme is meaningless to them. President of Zimbabwe, Emerson Menangagwa of the governing ZANU-PF party, has won Monday's presidential elections. He won just under 51% of the vote against 44% for Nelson Chamisa of the Opposition Movement for Democratic Change Alliance, the MDC. The head of the Electoral Commission, Justice Priscilla Chigumba, declared the results. Nangagwa Emerson Dambuzo of ZANU-PF party is therefore duly declared elected president of the Republic of Zimbabwe with effect from the 3rd of August 2018. The MDC party chairman Morgan Kumichi said the results hadn't been verified. I represent my candidate Nelson Chamisa and I'm the chief election agent of the party. The results that have been announced have not been verified by us. I did not sign those results. 
so the results are fake. The UN Special Rapporteur for Freedom of Expression has warned that President Trump's attacks on the media are a violation of basic norms on press freedom. David Kay said Mr. Trump's derogatory comments ran the risk of triggering real violence against journalists. On Wednesday, crowds at a Trump rally in Florida were seen making obscene gestures at journalists. The White House spokeswoman Sarah Huckabee Sanders told journalists Mr. Trump had reason to be annoyed with the media. The president's rightfully frustrated. 90% of the coverage on him is negative, despite the fact that the economy is booming, ISIS is on the run, and American leadership is being reasserted around the world. Just this week, the media refused to cover his remarks in Florida, highlighting efforts on workforce development. A senior United Nations official says he'll invite the warring parties in Yemen for talks in Geneva in September to discuss a framework for peace negotiations. BBC's Nick Bryant reports. The aim is to bring the warring parties to Geneva in early September to discuss a framework for peace talks and confidence-building measures. Ever since taking up his post earlier this year, the UN envoy Martin Griffiths has been trying to bring fresh impetus to moves to end the three-year conflict. But his call at the Security Council for all sides to create a conducive environment for peace talks came on the same day that the Saudi-led coalition was accused of killing more than 25 people in airstrikes on the port city of Hodeida. An intensification of the war there could scupper any chance of peace talks. A new study has suggested humans with short stature on the Indonesian island of Flores evolved independently thousands of years apart. Scientists decoded the genes of the island's modern-day pygmy population to find out if they might be partly descended from members of an extinct species, which have come to be known as hobbits. These fossilised remains were found during an archaeological dig on Flores 15 years ago. The new analysis, published in the journal Science, found no trace of the hobbit's DNA in the present-day people. Business News and Heineken has struck up a more than $24.3 billion partnership with a company that controls the country's largest brewer, China Resources Beer. Under the deal, Heineken will take a 40% stake in the mainland partner, combining its existing China operations with China Resources Beer, the maker of the best-selling Snow Beer brand. And the Dutch brewer will license its Heineken brand in the, on the mainland, Hong Kong and Macau, to China Resources Beer. Shares of the mainland brewers surged more than 10% in Hong Kong trading following the announcement. Apple, the iPhone maker, has reached a market value of $1 trillion US trillion, the first American company ever to do so. Company shares briefly peaked at $207.05 on the Nasdaq exchange. Here's the BBC's Dave Lee. It may have been the vision of Steve Jobs that hurtled Apple towards this milestone, but it was the business acumen of current chief executive Tim Cook that tipped them over. Against the backdrop of tech company stocks performing poorly, Apple has soared ahead. The surge in its stock price has been driven by two key factors. It is selling fewer iPhones, but by releasing a more expensive version last year, it is making more money per device. And it's diversified where its profits are coming from. It now makes around $10 billion each quarter on services such as selling apps, cloud storage and music streaming. The Hang Seng Index is 39 points down at 27,678. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 111.69 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 15 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 21 cents. Sport now and here's Atom Chern. England's cricketers take a narrow lead of 22 runs into day three of the first test against India at Edgbaston. 
The hosts resume on nine for one after Virat Kohli's brilliant 149 got India back in the game. England were bowled out for 287 on the second day before reducing India to 50 for three and 100 for five. Kohli's efforts steered India to 274 before England lost Alistair Cook to the day's final ball. England's Sam Curran says Kohli has been difficult to deal with. Yeah, obviously he played very well there. We obviously let him down early, which was obviously not ideal, but I think we boys challenged him as much as we could. We stuck to our plans, which I thought were pretty good. On another day, those catches would be taken, and we just got to look forward and it's positive that we're still ahead of them in the game in terms of runs-wise, and hopefully we'll challenge them. It's like you say, a couple of drop catches, including Virat Kohli when he was on 21. But when he's batting like that, especially like he did towards the end of the innings with the tail, how difficult is it to bowl against a person like Virat Kohli? Uh, I think obviously he played very well, to be, to be fair to him. But I think, we, again, as I said, we stuck to our, our challenges pretty well and our, our plans to him. And he played very well with those two last batters at the end. And to, to be fair to the 10-11, they also hang around for and frustrated us. But a big positive that we got them up before the close. Sam Curran speaking with the BBC's Nikesh Rikani. Next to football, one of the biggest deals in the summer transfer window has been completed. The Italian defender Leonardo Bonucci is set to rejoin the Serie A champions Juventus from AC Milan, while striker Gonzalo Higuain is moving the opposite direction. Bonucci spent just one season at the San Siro, having joined them from Juve for around 45 million US dollars a year ago. Higuain has been replaced at Juve by Real Madrid's Cristiano Ronaldo. Juve were also willing to let defender Mattia Caldera move to Milan to broker the deal. The Italian football journalist Daniele Vieri says it's a lot of expense for Milan, but the business will be worth it. They're going to pay... Quite a lot of money for him, obviously. Apparently, 55 million, 18 of which uh, for the loan this season, and 36 on top of the at the end of next season. So they will buy him on loan in order to not to break the parameters of the financial fair play. Let's put it like this, and pay the rest of the money at the end of the next summer. The Japan forward Yoshinori Muto has joined Newcastle from Mainz on a four-year deal and he becomes the first Japanese player for the English Premier League club. Muto has 25 caps for Japan and was featured in one game at the recent World Cup. He scored eight goals last season to help Mainz avoid relegation in the German Bundesliga. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Struggling mainland mothers protest at Immigration Tower. Man is sentenced to eight years for killing his neighbour with a fruit knife. And in business, Heineken strikes up a multi-billion dollar partnership with China's largest brewer. The news from RTHK. Yeah!